The Martyrs, Part 2 I charged my camera and took a bus to the destination. The tea stall was located under a noisy overpass, which sheltered a sea of filthy tents occupied by the destitute populace shunned by the townsfolk. A bold middle-aged man emerged from the shadow of one of the tall and chunky concrete pillars and waved at me. He did not shake my hands. He looked suspiciously at the camera slung over my shoulder and asked, Is that thing on? No, I said. I can turn it on if you want me to record. The man shook his head. He yanked the camera out of my grasp and made sure it was switched off. I was told to put it inside my bag. I don't want any visual or audio recordings of this conversation to be made, he said. He also refused to give me his real name. Call me Babu, if you must, he said with a smirk. Then he bought me a piping hot chai and oily samosa from the stall. He ordered the same, and we moved away from the earshot of others. There is a black magic cult that has existed in this region for hundreds of years, conducting heinous rituals, he said. What are you saying? I asked. The girl is not the first male victim, he said. There are thousands of bodies in the marshes. I don't believe you, I said. The cultists make offerings to the Deep Ones, and they, in turn, are rewarded with unnatural powers, he said. I shook my head and said, Do you have any evidence? I'll show you. Come alone. No cameras, he said. I was in complete shock when we parted. I kept staring at the time, date and location he had scribbled on a piece of paper during my bus ride home.